Welcome to the Scandinavian Mind podcast. I'm Conrad Olsen and I'm sitting here with my colleague Roland Philipp Kretschmar. How are you, Roland? Very well, Conrad, as always. Today we're going to look back at one of the panels from the Transformation Conference a few weeks ago. It's a conversation you had with some of the Nordic's leading impact investors, including Sofia Benz, our cover star for the first issue of Scandinavian Mind, and Agathe Frimani from Norwegian VC and Samida Aisi from VC Ventures, or Vesi Ventures. It's hard to, to uh, roll the tongue there. Uh, looking back at this conversation, uh, why do you think it was so important for us to do this conversation at our first conference? Well, I, I would maybe rephrase the question. Why is it important for the world to get more capital invested in, mm. in, in doing good, right? I think that's the whole, you know, that's the core of the discussion we had was on stage that there's an imminent need for technology to support um, businesses in doing good. Uh, I think also technology plays a huge part for societies and, and, and also down on an individual level. I think the whole idea of digitalization uh, is really also to, to, to catapult uh, sustainability forward. Mm. Um, now, impact investing uh, as such is not necessarily limited to sustainability. It's, it's a wider area, but still, I mean, if we think about this, I mean, anything that supports uh, you know, a, a better environment or uh, making smarter, uh, better lifestyle choices. I mean, that, that's relevant, right? And I think the whole idea with Scandinavian mind is to, um, you know, kind of deep dive into the convergence of lifestyle and technology. And, and at the core there, I think impact investing ha has, a, has a role to mm. play. I was really happy we could we would gather such a, a prominent group of, of uh of people for this uh, uh, conference and, and uh, you know, incidentally, they were all women, all in very powerful uh, positions. Where do you think the, the Nordics stand in terms of impact investment globally? Okay, if I'm if I'm going to be honest, I mean, of Please. course, <laughs> I mean, of course, I don't have, uh, you know, I've not done uh, thorough research on this, but I would doubt that, you know, we stand out globally that, you know, uh, every kind of impact investing firm from the Nordics are well known globally. I would doubt that, generally speaking. Mm. However, um, Scandinavia is well positioned. Sweden is well positioned globally uh, in the tech sector. Uh, we are also well positioned uh, in, in, in sustainability in general. I think we are, I mean, if we look at the, the, the Nordic or Scandinavian countries, uh, we have been front runners in, 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 in sustainability and driving a green agenda for a long time. So from that perspective, I think we are pretty well positioned. Um, and I would say, I mean, it's, it's a bit, um, yeah, let, let's see how, how people would react to this. But I mean, we, we are well positioned also because we have the luxury to do impact investing. I mean, you know, we, we live in, in, um, in a society, in an environment here in the Nordics in Scandinavia, you know, we're pretty well off, you know, mm. and, and mm. now's our time to contribute for a better world. Mm. What were some of the most memorable uh, talking points from, from this, this conversation that we're about to hear? Is there anything that stuck with you afterwards? I think it's uh, honestly uh, the complexity of it uh, and of, of how you also measure the success of impact investing. Mm. And I think that's for the, the listeners to, to find out themselves, right? But uh, 
I, I, I think that stands out because it's, it's not as straightforward as you might think. Um, so uh, there's a lot of greenwashing, of course. I would not say necessarily in the startup community, but generally in society and among big corporations still, which is weird, 2020, right? But uh, And of course, there's a lot of uh, misconceptions about... Um, uh, how you measure uh, the, the, the return of investment in, in, in impact investing. And, and I, I think that in itself, the, yeah, it's, it's complex. It's a complex area. Mm. I have now on stage uh, three successful entrepreneurs and impact investors, and soon they will introduce themselves. Uh, but what we're going to talk about now in the next um, in the next section is what is impact investment and how can venture capital do good for the world? And I think there are a lot of preconceptions about uh, venture capital as a business. Uh, but be before we kick off, why not introduce ourselves for, for the new viewers? Sophia, maybe you can start. Yes. Hi, everyone. My name is Sophia Bent. I'm a partner at Sherry Ventures. It's a European seed fund, and my background lies within marketing and storytelling. So I spent seven years with Spotify as the global marketing director. Uh, my name is Samira Aisi. Uh, I have a background in impact investing for uh, one of the Swedish development finance institutions. Uh, I'm also running my own business, Vesi Ventures, since uh, April or this spring. I'm doing impact investing and uh, entrepreneurships. I'm Agathe. I'm one of the partners at Norken VC, and uh, we're focused on backing early stage entrepreneurs that are solving some of the world's biggest and hardest problems like climate change, health, education. Uh, and my background is I started myself in finance, but then very quickly moved on to the startup side and was part of starting a fintech startup called Brickfast. So before becoming investor in startups, I sort of walked the shoes uh, myself. Fantastic. Happy to have you here with me today. So, I mean, you almost answered my, my first question. What is impact investing? Uh, could you elaborate a little bit? Of course. Yeah. Be happy to. I mean, what we see as impact investing is it's really businesses where impact is at the very core of the business model, where you can surely say that for every unit of sales, there is also a unit of impact. In other words, we're looking for companies that if you wanted to take out the impact out of the company, we, you would immediately kill the business model and the profits. And we truly believe that the next generation is moving away from the profit only model, moving towards the profit plus impact model. Hmm. Very interesting. Samira, well, I mean, what's your take on impact investing? Uh, I absolutely, absolutely agree. And uh, it's all about the intention and what you see as an aim for your, for your investments, but also an aim for your entrepreneurship. Mm. I mean, can we stay on this topic? So how, how do you then, I mean, scrutinize the entrepreneur? I mean, how, how do you really make sure that they have the right intention? Could you elaborate, Samira? <coughs> well... It depends a bit on what kind of player you are. So looking at uh, investing in entrepreneurs as a fund, for example, no, like, like you guys, for example, uh, you want to see the fit between your impact intention and the entrepreneur's intentions. Mm -hmm. So uh, you do a due diligence, basically. Do the, do the two meet? Does the entrepreneur fulfill? Walk the talk, really, when it comes to impact when it comes to serving, for example, uh, audiences and people who don't already have 
the products that uh, that are in the market and so mm-hmm. on. So it's all, all about finding that fit and testing it through due diligence, for example, discussions mm-hmm. and so on. Uh, and soon, Sophia, <laughs> you're going to answer as well. But before we, we proceed, I mean, I got that. Would you say that it's harder to kind of do the due diligence on impact investors, or I mean, if you compare it to, let's say, other investors? I don't think so. It's, it's, I wouldn't say that it's harder. It's just an additional layer. And I was listening to Sophia's interview earlier on, and, and, and it, it really comes down to that the entrepreneurs are really burning for the problem that they solve. And you really need to pressure test that resilience. Mm-hmm. And what we find that when it comes to impact entrepreneurs, I mean, usually they are solving some big societal or environmental issues. So sometimes they feel the problem even more in their gut and they feel the responsibility towards the society. And we think that when you hit those rough patches, as every entrepreneur does, I think impact entrepreneurs sort of have the extra layer of resilience that keeps them going when when it gets tough. I mean, Sophia, when, when we did um, the interview, uh, not the, the one uh, today, but for the magazine, yeah. I asked you at some point, you know, do you see yourself as an impact investor? And you were not really sure whether you wanted to kind of label yourself as an impact <laughs> investor. Uh, that, that makes me curious, of course, especially here today. But because f- when I look at your portfolio, your 45 angel investments, quite many of them would fit. Yeah. Uh, let's say this angel investing box, right? Yeah. No, I think it depends on kind of what hat I'm wearing. But when I was at Atomico, we were not communicating that we were an impact type of investment fund uh, and neither do Sherry. But I think if you ask me about my preferences, I really enjoy meeting founders that are, you know, fueled with this passion to solve a problem. And I'm not so interested in solving problems such as, I don't know, how to prepare a golf course to be even better <laughs> it doesn't feel so urgent to me but if it's you know let's create uh, you know a new way of creating batteries or uh, putting food on the table then i get excited so when i talk about let's find people that solve real problems that's the type of uh, you know things that i look at and i think in the early days of tech and startup we saw a lot of you know, companies that were trying to solve how to fix your dry cleaning to be delivered even faster to your door. And I think, yeah, that's also a market and it's, you know, probably a good investment for some. But if I can choose, you know, I rather want to spend my money on those real problems. Mm-hmm. I mean, you already gave examples before of, of, of some of the, the companies you have invested in. But if you try to narrow it down to, let's say, impact investments, which are the most, um, let's say, most, the most interesting ones in your own portfolio? Oh, I haven't really thought of it that way, but uh, there's one Finnish company I invested in, which is creating a new form of uh, material. It's biodegradable, so it's replacing plastic and we'll, it will degrade in 19 days. Uh, I think that's super interesting, and I think we'll look back to you know, the use of plastic bottles and be like, wow, how could we behave like that? It's so <laughs> unsustainable. Um, and companies I would have loved to back is like electricity-driven aircrafts. I think that's super interesting. And with Atomico, we did one investment in a company called Lilium. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, there, there are a few. And, and if you think about my portfolio, others that have done a, a good impact. Um, of course, Karma is one that are saving food, wa- or, yeah, food waste fighting. And talking about KPIs, they are kind of measuring how many meals that have been saved because mm-hmm. they sell... Uh, restaurant food to a cheaper price uh, that otherwise would have been thrown away. 
So other than revenue, they also communicate, yeah, you know, we saved 4 million meals, which is kind of impressive. I got them. I mean, Norsken, um, for the viewers, the listeners, um, you're an impact investment fund. Uh, How many investments have you done? I mean, could you highlight some of the most interesting ones from your perspective? Yeah, we've so far done 23 investments across different verticals. We've done a lot in the future of transport, which meaning enabling the shift to electrification, which stands the chance to significantly reduce decarbonization. And uh, we've done a lot in food waste, including Karma as well, and a couple of other food waste Mm -hmm. investments in education. So we are a generalist. We invest across uh, all the different Mm -hmm. themes, and, and we see... Uh, huge opportunity and, and depth of opportunities in, in the market. As a side note, I mean, I, I recently uh, published an article about your, your um, new venture in East Africa. You're starting mm. up Norwegian House in, in Kigali. Could you um, talk a bit about that? Of course. I mean, we as Norwegian, we are a startup ourselves and, and we apply the same rules as for the startups that first you build sort of an MVP, you test if something works on a small scale and if it works, then you look to roll it out into the future. And the Norwegian house that we have now in Stockholm, that was our MVP to see whether the concept really works. So bringing together impact startups, bringing together the community of investors and let magic happen in that space. And now that we see that that, wor- that works, we're ready for the internationalization. And we're looking to expand, as you mentioned, the first um, first new location in Rwanda, but it doesn't stop there. Our ambitions are beyond that. And when it comes to why Africa, there is so much opportunity. And for every dollar that we, as an impact investor, can put into that ecosystem, that just reaches so much further than in some other relative markets. And why East Africa? We had a whole team uh, working, uh, doing kind of deep dive analyses and analyzing all the different markets. And after extensive amount of work, we really decided on Rwanda because we felt that the startup ecosystem was exactly at the right time where with adding a little bit of infrastructure and ecosystem, we could significantly accelerate that even further. So it's a lot of different stars coming together at the same time. Very interesting. Samira. Um, I know you have studied um, quite a lot the impact investing um, area, the, the, the market, etc. I mean, what would you say is the, is the great challenge for impact investing in general? Very good question. <laughs> Let's see if we have enough time. <laughs> I have one theory. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I think one challenge, and, and th- that challenge is actually being mitigated since um, you were talking about timing. So now is a great time for, now is the timing for impact investing, really. You've got the awareness globally about all the challenges we have. Uh, you've got the technology in place and the technology is also coming into markets, emerging markets, where you can uh, start harvesting what comes out of it. And you you also have like the whole uh, entrepreneurship and capital system in place in terms of, uh, in terms of capital that wants to invest. Uh, I think that that capital still needs to find the right investments. So there are still investors. I'm thinking you're looking into femtech, for example, and that's super important since uh, women women still are in uh, minority when it comes to getting investments. Uh, it's not only women; it's also uh, people of 
people of different races, uh, people who live in different places in the, uh, on the planet and so on. So really start uh, or mitigating those areas, pairing capital with entrepreneurs and people really. I'd love to add to that sure. in terms of uh, <laughs> what is sort of the challenge of the impact investing is that I completely agree with everything that you said, but I think one other challenge is that we as a society, we live in a really complex world. We're overloaded with information and to simplify things for ourselves, we like to stereotype, put things in certain boxes and frames. And sometimes those frames are really not helpful and they're completely false. I mean, it's almost like... You know, you can have fast food or healthy food. You can't have both. You can either have fast car or eco-friendly car. You can't have both. Mm -hmm. And I think, unfortunately, impact investing for so many years have also fallen into the wrong false binary that you can either make money or you can save the world. Mm -hmm. You can't do both. And I think that, as you've said, I think now is the time that mm -hmm. finally the message is actually catching on, that it's not either or, that you can actually do both. And I think you see more and more investors sort of wanting to do yeah. and be active in that space. And equally, you want, you see more entrepreneurs who realize that I can build a billion dollar company, but I can also build a company that positively influences one billion people while doing that. But Sophia, I mean, is, isn't there then a, a challenge in itself that we kind of define, uh, we have venture capital uh, companies and then we have impact investing companies, right? I mean, isn't it kind of a hygiene factor in 2020 that we all should do good? Yes. Right? So <laughs> no. why, why having these? <laughs> but I, I think yeah. it's actually, uh, it's about to kind of solve itself. Because say a firm like Atomica, where I used to work, we didn't say out loud we were an impact investor, but we were looking for the founders and the companies that were solving some of these very hard, big, real problems because we understand that that is the biggest sort of tipping point. That's where you can make a lot of money and save the planet. So I think it's actually, it's, it's, it's going to be one, it's not going to be the either or. And I think people understand that now. I think it was in the early days, it was more immature and people needed to label it as mm. either or. And I think we just need to prove them wrong. Otherwise, let's exactly. go out the back <laughs> companies. So it's not a discussion anymore. Yeah. Um, let's see if we have some questions from uh, our listeners. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Okay, let's see. I need to read this quickly. <laughs> that was a long one. Uh, in Project Drawdown, a list of 100 most effective solutions to address climate change. There were two with clear links to females. They were educating girls and family planning, and they were number seven and eight on the list. Um, it's not a clear question here. Maybe it will... On that, we can be proud of a company coming from yeah. Sweden called Grace Health. Yeah. Grace Health, <laughs> They're yes. actually mm -hmm. doing that in a scalable way by having like a chatbot that informs, you know, young girls and women about their health. And in many of those uh, places, they're still seen as unclean when they have their period. And you can tell by the questions mm. that they're asking, they're asking such stuff like, oh, will I get uh, sick if I touch my menstrual blood, etc." So the level of knowledge is very low. Mm. And uh, we need to change that because we need to improve these women's lives. And many of them are put in like menstrual huts outside the villages, which is super dangerous, to, to be honest. And they're mm -hmm. also getting behind in school and education and later on work. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think that is a really good example of a kind of impact company that are doing something in health tech that is very scalable. Mm -hmm. And so, so just a reminder for, for the listeners, please feel free to email us questions and let's see if we can catch them. Mm. Um, how well positioned are we in Scandinavia in this area? And I mean, it, 
I, I think we have pretty comfortable lives. I mean, we don't have many issues to deal with uh, if we compare ourselves to the rest of the world. Uh, is this why we are focusing so much on this? Or do we see the same I mean, trend emerging in other places in the world? Is impact investing kind of... If you ask me, I think Sweden has an amazing opportunity to be the leader in this. I think we have a great reputation abroad. We have a small enough country so we can test and implement things. We have high tech soy levels of the population and we have a lot of talented people. We have a lot of proven entrepreneurs with money that wants to give back. And we have a lot of talent and investors that want to back. Mm -hmm. So if you ask me, I really hope we put kind of the leader sweater on and, and showcase that it's doable. And I guess that's the rationality behind Norwegian's expansion now as well. Exactly, to kind of take <laughs> one on. I wouldn't say conquer the world, but work with the world. But <laughs> Maybe that's more modern way of looking at it, yes. No, but I, I completely agree that I, I think that we, we, we have a really good starting point and, and, and I think that we could set it as one of our goals to become the global role model of, of impact, in, impact entrepreneurship and impact investing mm -hmm. in general. Samira, I mean, uh, fr from your perspective, what, what makes a good impact entrepreneur? Then? Oh, <clears throat> I actually put good question on th on that one as well, <laughs> since um, <laughs> I think that probably depends on uh, what kind of business you're running and what you're investing in. Uh, but basically, uh, knowing, having your intention again, knowing why you're doing what you're doing, uh, investing in the right effects. So uh, uh, making sure that the business you're, you are running is not harming anyone just by achieving positive impact. You can't take away things like uh, all those boring stuff like uh, compliance or following other rules and so on. Uh, so, so basically, like taking full responsibility of both the environmental, social and governance issues, but also to achieve the impact you're doing. And I think you said something about it, Sophia, as well, that um, an, an entrepreneur who knows uh, how their business is running, who knows who their target audience or target group is, who knows uh, uh, all these things that you expect from normal <laughs> non-impact entrepreneurs, I would say th that that entrepreneur is probably going to achieve quite high, mm. high out outputs from their business. I mean, this is a question, obviously, to all of you, but we're talking about entrepreneurship, startups, etc. But um, in what way can, uh, I mean, that ecosystem collaborate with big corporations in order to change the world? Do you have any examples to give or...? Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's so many. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I was looking at, uh, at uh, Agritech mm -hmm. and actually sustainable food, food chains. And there's quite a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, uh, entrepreneurs and startups coming up from in that space. Uh, and there, I think that, uh, for example, these big uh, whole chains, oh, and so on, like in Sweden, Ica and uh, Coop and so on, can do a huge difference in collaborating with these with these players and really achieve achieve impact in the long run. 
I have one reflection. I think it's super interesting to be in this sort of science community. Mm -hmm. And then I have access to the startup community. And sometimes I just feel like, oh, I want to merge these two worlds. <laughs> but the founders that we meet know how to prioritize among the challenges that we see. So I wish for, and I think it's already happening, but I think it should happen faster and, mm -hmm. and more ambitiously that the science and the startup community comes together and collaborate more. Mm. No. Yeah, we could see that in, for example, ex Google's Moonshot Factory. I mean, they are really focusing on the on the big topics, not not like um, the golf course. Uh, <laughs> 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 so yeah, yeah, that's where you see it in practice. Yeah. Um, but I mean, d do you feel that uh, impact investing firms have a responsibility? Are they the ones that are supposed to take the lead on this, or do I mean, do we need more policy changes? I mean. UN, they have set up sustainability goals, and how do we create this bigger change, these structural changes? I really think that there is no one silver bullet to keep accelerating the positive trend that we are starting to see, and I think we need both. We need the top-down approach, and we need the bottom-up. I think the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals have done tremendous amount in terms of aligning the whole global world around some kind of concrete measurements and some cr concrete targets. But at the same time, we also need the grassroots activity, which is kind of where we as an investor sit, that we really see what's bubbling at, at the closest to the ground, what are the next ideas about to top up? So it's really the intersection of both. And, and to the extent that we can get both of those working together and meet somewhere in the middle, uh, where we're on the right track. Mm -hmm. And I think that legislation can play a big role because I think we are, or the big corporates in Sweden are more well prepared for a fossil free world than we believe. And uh, there is... Um, project called Fossilfritt Sverige, where they're creating like roadmaps for helping companies to create this change. And some of those leaders have said that, you know, if you start to regulate, we're ready. So like you can push us harder. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we just need to mm -hmm. be super ambitious and even more clear about our goals. So I mean, mm -hmm. Sofia, you're, you're uh, an advisor to the prime minister of Sweden. And I know you cannot speak about the, the exact details of, of the topics you, you, you talk about, but I mean, can you share something with us? I mean, just between, <laughs> between us here. Shall I tell you? <laughs> yeah, no, I must say that I, when talking about these subjects, I've been positively surprised how much work that has gone into it and how, you know, well ahead we are. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's therefore even more rewarding to hear that some of these industrial leaders are saying, like, if you start to regulate, we're ready now. So I think if you want to have a healthy business, you understand that you need to do this shift. Otherwise, mm -hmm. you know, it's like the Goldman Sachs uh, CEO went out and said, like, we cannot back businesses that don't have a future, obviously. Mm -hmm. So if you don't make the shift, you, you won't have a business that's mm -hmm. investable. Mm -hmm. So we have a new question from the audience here. We touched this upon this a bit before, but, uh, you know, what can we in the Nordics do to teach the rest of the world? Um, how to, you know, do value-based investments. Yeah. So <laughs> well, um, I'm thinking that uh, uh, we in the Nordics, we are, we are good at these areas when it comes to technology, climate awareness. We understand the challenges, the problems that are out there to solve. But at the same time, we shouldn't underestimate what's happening in the out in the world. There's... People are very used to having an entrepreneurial approach to solving problems. If you don't have that energy grid, well, you get together some people and try to 
put that in, in place and invest somehow as you can. So I think that what we can come with from the Swedish perspective is like how do you how do you get viable how do you run viable businesses? How do you run businesses that aren't corrupt? How do you run businesses that uh, uh, pay proper wages? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like how do you uh, run businesses that Uh, look at human rights, for example. So things like that, I think that we can be very, very uh, good at and just bring to the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe one area we can improve is to actually highlight those cases that we have and mm-hmm. talk about them as a good example. So maybe you guys can play a role here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, let's see. Let's see. We have high ambitions for the mind, of course. But listen, I mean, before we close close this. Um, What would you say are f- like future trends in impact investing specifically? I mean, I asked you this a question on trends before, Sophia, right? But I guess there must be trends also in this area. What do you see? Who wants to go first? I got them. Yeah, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. Mm-hmm. We definitely see that, um, as I mentioned, we're sort of generalist investor will across across will invest across all the impact themes. Mm-hmm. But we definitely see clusters where we see more opportunities at this point in time. And one of those is the future of transport, the trend towards electrification or car sharing, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, to really make our transport more sustainable. Another big space that we're really digging into right now, and I know it's probably relevant to the listeners and attendees of today's <laughs> conference, is fashion tech. I mean, mm-hmm. fashion is the second most pollutive uh, industry in the world, and it's just so ripe for disruption. There's opportunity, a big billion-dollar business opportunity at every step of the value chain. Uh, so we're looking at that space, what we can do. Food waste is another big topic for us. Uh, so I would probably l- limit those to these three top ones that mm. we see a lot of opportunities in right now. Very good ones. Samira, <laughs> any uh, additional ones? Yeah, well, uh, generally there's more and more entrepreneurs coming into the space, into the impact space, and more and more people wanting to do a meaningful, meaningful business, something for good, something for better. But what we also see is large institutional investors, so quite a lot of capital. I'm talking about mm-hmm. large pension funds, for example, investing in, in players like Norheim, for example. Uh, <clears throat> so there's more and more capital coming into the space and looking for somewhere to invest. And that's a huge possibility. Mm. It's like, go out there and get it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that's a structural change as well, ongoing. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Very interesting. Sophia, from your point of view. Yeah, no, I agree with all of the things said earlier. I would probably add like food production, like how can mm. we move away from eating so much meat? Mm. Um, and there's a lot of uh, interesting options out there. Mm-hmm. I also think water will be a scare resource. So anything that has to do with kind of measuring quality of water, uh, it's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is my last question, and I know it's maybe a hard one, but let's see. <laughs> I mean, the... the The theme of the first issue of Scandinavian Mind is transformation. What does transformation mean for you? And, and maybe you can connect it back to impact investing. It is a tricky question. Anyone wants to go <laughs> first? <laughs> <laughs> Embracing mm-hmm. change mm-hmm. Yeah. and uh, adapting, mm-hmm. really. Mm. I mean, without... <laughs> sounding too cliche and I think I have there is a big risk it's gonna sound very cliche but 
<laughs> but as one famous man once said, you know, that the change is the only constant. And mm-hmm. to be honest, I think the transformation is is the constant. It's the truth of life. We're in constant transformation. And sometimes we don't even notice it. But then every now and then we look back and we will see that, you know, this, we'll try to break it up in milestones. But I really, truly think we're in constant transformation. Sophia, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that we are in constant change. And I think it's actually scarier, at least for me, to think about the opposite standing completely mm. still or stagnating. That is the you know beginning of something <laughs> to become ill. Like stagnate is not positive. So I love the word transformation, and I think about change as something positive. And I do think that our mm. jobs, like we live in one of the most interesting times, and the upcoming ten years, there's going to be so many interesting companies to invest mm. in. And I hope that we'll live to see the change where we move society and how we live. Thank you, Sofia, Samira, Agata, and thank you also to all the viewers and listeners online. Thank you.